Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Welcome back to the rework. Today... Jessica Mackey is back in the house. If you don't remember, Jessica is our client coordinator at Allison Tyler Jones Photography. She's also my right-hand woman at The Rework. And as we have been working together over the last nine months, developing this podcast and creating the Art of Selling Art course and working with many photographers in that process, we have seen common elements with photographers who are struggling. And it might not surprise you to know that that struggle has really very little to do with the quality of their photography. These photographers don't need another lighting class or a retouching class, really don't even need a marketing class. They really need to learn to strengthen their business, to create processes by which they bring in great clients, provide them an amazing experience and deliver world-class work and that they can deliver that every single time. And that really is the foundation of everything. So we're going to talk about that today, about how it goes wrong so easily and how it can go right. And as we're getting ready to launch the Art of Selling Art course for the 2022 spring season, we're going to bring in a lot of those concepts. So I'm so grateful that you're here and I hope that you find something valuable and useful out of today's conversation. It's always a fun day when Jessica Mackey's in the podcast studio. Hey. So glad that you're here. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. And we've been through the war. The season was pretty rough. Yeah. Well, we survived the crazy busy season. You survived COVID. Yes, I did. I I feel like I deserve a t-shirt for that. Yeah. 
You do. Okay. So we did some big, bold moves in 2021. Not only did we do the craziest year we've ever done at the portrait studio, but we also launched the rework podcast, which has been so fun. And then also the mind shift member, well, the art of selling art course, and then the mind shift membership. And I knew some of these questions and some of these things that have been out there in the ether as far as the photography world. But I think it's been a little bit of a revelation for you to see what photographers have been doing. Yeah. Thinking. What they struggle with, some of the things they run up against with clients. Absolutely. And something that little known fact, at one point you were a photographer. I did. And I tried hard and Mm -hmm. tried for a few years and did all the things and took all the classes and bought the studio lights, which I still have. And all that, you know, redid a whole bedroom to put in the wood flooring and all the things and just could not make it a success. Okay. So with all of that, and I think that's important that people know, because you're not just coming at this from an outside point of view going, hmm, this is so weird. Why are people doing this? And the whole point of this podcast is just to kind of explore some common, either not necessarily misconceptions, just things that an earnest, conscientious portrait photographer thinks they should be doing. Maybe we're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of disinformation out there. You know, if you're trying to get out into the photography world and you're trying to make money, there's a lot of workshops and seminars and conferences and classes. And, you know, you can get to where you're kind of focused on the wrong thing. And that's what you define your business by. Okay. So you are going to be the interviewer or whatever. We'll just go back and forth, but you have plans and I love it. I do because I feel like one of the things, I mean, looking back at my own experiences before I was a a photographer burnout or (laughs) whatever, like before I was a failed photographer as, as far as business goes, I think that I was trying to perfect my lighting. I was trying to figure out composition and, you know, the technique of photography took classes on marketing and really worked hard on marketing material and trying to make connections and build all of that. But the thing that I never really understood until I started working with you was the business of photography, you know, and it was not a strength for me. Like I didn't go to business school. My degree was in social work. Yeah. And so understanding all those factors was really overwhelming. And I think that as an artist, you don't want to think about it. Like you just want to create your art and you want other people to want to pay you for your art and to appreciate your art. And you don't want to have to think about all the other stuff. Okay. So let me, let me rewind. So you start, you bought all the things, you camera lights, camera action, all that. And then you started photographing. And we do have to know that we have to know lighting. We have to perfect our craft. We have to like, that is creating the product, right? So where did the wheels come off the bus for you? Or when did you decide, like, I just don't want to do this anymore? Like, what was the part of it that you didn't, you know? I think that the the hardest thing is a photographer who is starting out and you're, you feel good about what you're offering, right? You yeah. feel good about the product that you're giving. You feel like there's value, but then it's like a stab in the gut every time you can't find people that appreciate that value or are willing to pay because I felt like so much of my clientele was people wanting favors, mm. you know, friends and family wanting a discount to where it just stopped being fun. Like I stopped enjoying the art of photography and it just became more soul sucking than anything else. Because you were just, it, you're, it was taking so much time. And it felt like rejection, you know, that yeah. I couldn't find people who wanted to pay me for what I thought I was worth, you know? Yeah. And so we actually have never had this conversation. No, <laughs> like, we this haven't. is happening in real time. So <laughs> it's not like we had this conversation and we said, oh, that's good. Let's have that conversation for the podcast. I actually don't know what she's going to say. So you were doing it for friends and family. And I think that's where most people start is they kind of have a knack. They have an eye. You start taking beautiful pictures of your children. And then other people see that and they're like, oh, you should do this for money or whatever. And then you decide, okay, well, I'm going to make a go of this. I want to do this for money. This would be great. And so where do you think now, knowing what you know now, so fast forward, you decide I'm not doing that anymore. 
And then you come to work with me, which was so awesome and a blessing for our studio. What happened? What was the disconnect there? Or what do you think you didn't do? Or, you know, it's, that's, that's really a valid question because you would think that coming to work for you would rekindle this passion in photography, Mm -hmm. you know, because I really did like studio photography. Mm -hmm. I mean, I turned a bedroom into a studio. I really tried, but I am not. I struggled with the business side of it. I struggled with self-promotion. I struggled with getting the word out there. I struggled with seeing my prices and getting people who wanted to pay those prices. And after a while, it was like the art just started to feel like a burden, you know, and it started to weigh in a way that I was like, I just, I don't enjoy it anymore to the point that I rarely even pick up my camera these days. You know, even coming to work at Allison Tyler Jones Photography, like we discussed it one minute, me being a photographer and it just, I had no interest. Like I was so, so it well and truly killed it for you. It did. Yeah. It did. That makes me so sad. It is kind of sad. Yeah, it is. Well, don't cry, but I'm not, I know. are you getting teary? Cause I'm like, I'm I'm, your eyes are very shiny from over here. I just really, I'm like, okay. So as long as no. you're okay. No, but I, I think that that is a risk and it's something that I see. And if you talk to professional photographers of America, so PPA, uh, they've done a ton of studies and they have a, a ton of data on this, that people that come into the industry, there is a huge churn at the two-year mark. Right. So they, that was about the time. They'll come in and they'll do exactly what you're saying. And then they feel like they never really get their feet under them or for whatever reason. And then they just wash out. Those that stay and that get past that two-year mark, they go one of two ways. They either realize, okay, it does have to be a business if I want to have it support my family or whatever, or maybe they just get out of the industry. You know, maybe, maybe they wash out later, but for the people that kind of stay through and, and that keep going, they do at some point figure out like this does need to be a business. Right. Right. That has to be more than just good photography. Right. And I think that there's also different ways that people enter the business, you know, mm-hmm. to where if you decide that you're coming in and you want to be a studio photographer, like that's a huge front investment. You're not just buying a camera and a computer. You're buying the lighting equipment. You're creating a studio. You know, you're putting your right. heart and soul into this thing. And then you start to question whether you're getting that return on the investment. Right. You know, and so you do start to feel like, man, if I can't make this a profitable business, I probably should be doing something else. Right. You know? Yeah, because I think sometimes, I mean, especially, I, I know I would definitely put myself in this category. I owned a different business before I started this business and I, I had a scrapbooking store and I thought, well, I just want to like, I'd like to support my habit, you know, cause like I wanted to buy more lenses and more cameras. I was uh, like so enamored of the gear. And so, but that was when it was a sideline, that's before it became like the Such main a thing. Yeah. The main thing. Yeah. Okay. So where do we go from here? So you, you burn out. And you, now that we've started the rework, we have the podcast and we have had this group of amazing people that have come through this course. And then we see them in the membership every week. What are you seeing now? These people that have, most of them have been in business a little bit longer that are are trying to make it work. And then also, so being informed by your own experience and then looking at the photographers that we're working with, where do you see the problems? So something that I feel like has kind of struck a chord for me is that there's a whole spectrum of people, you know, in our MindShift membership, the people who have been in business a long time and are just looking to strengthen their business. And then you have those that are making significant changes as far as what they want to shoot. So they're going from seniors to families or whatever it is. And those transitions are scary, Mm -hmm. you know, or starting from scratch and trying to, to build up your clientele and you're just wanting to make it work. And that, that fear of failure, I think it is really, really debilitating. And so for me, looking back, I think I would have given anything to have had a mentor, you Mm. know, someone that had done it, that I could talk to, even if it was just a friend, an aunt, an uncle, like somebody, but I felt a little bit like I was flying blind. Like I went to the conferences, I bought the marketing course, you know, yeah. what was that? The joy of marketing or, you know, like I, and it was, it was great. And I learned so much, but I just wasn't seeing the same results in my own application. Then I'd be like, what am I doing wrong? You know, right. because the material being shared was awesome, right. but there was just a gap in my application, you know? And I think that it would have been great to have had a mentor. And so I think that something 
that I, I hear from some of these same people who are in positions where they're like, look, I've got to make money. You know, I can't stay in this unless I get a, a side hustle waitressing. Right. You know, I can't keep doing this unless I start making money. And there's so much about the business side of photography that I feel like I just completely didn't understand. You know, yes. and I think a lot of photographers don't understand because there's just not a lot of information out there about the business side. You know, unless you yep. want to go get your MBA, you right. know, and and really, which really like, doesn't even that. Yeah, exactly. And and I think what I was always looking for when I came into the business, so I had come, I had a retail store, I had a thriving business, so I knew how to do business. I knew what that was about. I'm a successful business. Right. Like you, you had learned, and before that, you were in banking. You know, right. so you understood money. Which, yeah, which sort of kind of didn't teach me anything. But <laughs> but the, the owning my own small business, I did learn a 10 through that. And I had my own business for 12 years. And so when I came into the portrait photography business, I was like, okay, what's the structure? Like, how does the portrait business work? I knew there had to be a structure. And then I looked around and I realized like everybody I was looking at did not have a structure. It was shoot and burn, you know, just for a few hundred dollars, go take your kids to the park or whatever and do some images. And so I really thought, oh, okay, so this is how this business works. It's like three to $500 and you give them a bunch of images. So I was new to digital and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to learn Photoshop. And so then I realized how much time I was spending processing those images. And I'm like, how can you, you can't possibly make enough money spending that much time. Yeah. I don't, I just couldn't figure out how, how it worked. Well, luckily I did have a friend that was a photographer on the West side of town. So we wouldn't cross over as far as clients would work, but she just said, you're so dumb if you're not providing finished product, because that is really the main value. You're leaving half the job undone. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to do that. Right. You know, I don't want to deal with like prints and what if they get printed wrong or and there's so many products out there. You're like, so what am I supposed to do? Do I print it on wood? Do oh, I print yeah. it on laminate? Yeah, like, it just I mean, what am I supposed to do? So overwhelming to me. But I, I could hear what she was saying. And I also knew that like the guys that my mom had gone to and had me photographed were, you know, that that was finished product. Like that's how they used to do it before digital, right? It was all prints and that sort of thing. And so I knew they had had businesses and these were men that were supporting their families with those businesses. And so I'd kind of looked at that and seen the way they did business, but I didn't totally love that. And I really didn't love the way that it was being done with the new digital situation. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. What do I already know about business? Right. And it was like basic things like you have to charge more than what you pay out if you want to be profitable. Like that's, that sounds so dumb. And versus right now, or like when I was trying to make it, you based your, your price on what everyone else is charging. Yes, exactly. And we've done, we've had so many podcast episodes. We did a whole like four part series with Jed Toffer about pricing and product and all of that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes we get, we get parts and pieces, you know, it's like the, that old story about the blind men and the elephant, you know, they have the blind men are all going to describe the elephant. Right. And so they're feeling the elephant and one blind man says, oh, well, the, uh, an elephant is kind of like a sail and it's really floppy because he's holding onto the ear. And the other one is, oh, it's like a snake. And kind of, you know, sinuous and somebody else is like, oh, it's, you know, wide like a tree because he's got the leg, but nobody has the full picture, you know? So you need the full picture of what kind of business do you want to have? What do you want your life to be like? What kind of client is, is it that you want to serve? And then how do you make that happen? How do you plug in those numbers? And then what process do you take the clients through to get them through to that, you know, it's, it's a whole system process, you know, that needs yeah. to take place. But if you don't have that, if you, then you're just kind of putting it together. And that's how, where I felt like I was at, I had great education. You could go and get, like you say, great. Oh, that's great marketing. But if you don't have a business structure to build the mark, put the marketing on top of, you're just going to fail quicker. And you're just going to throw more money at the problem because you're like laying in the fetal wondering why people aren't calling to book. And you're like, <gasps> I need more marketing material. Right. Like I need to design another flyer yeah. that I can give to whoever, you right. know? And it's like, okay, you know, there's more that, that goes into that structure, but you don't know. And also, and then when that gets hard and you don't want to think about it, then let's just go, we need to make prettier pictures. If, if my pictures were prettier, 
I would have more business. That's what the answer is. The answer is if I had more I filters. am not a good enough photographer. And that is not the answer for the most part. I mean, of course, if you don't know how to light, you know, like we need, again, we need to learn our craft. But once you have your to at a certain point, then really it is about the business. It is really about the business structure. Well, and I think a, a big thing that I've learned working with you on the rework and everything and with my own past experiences is that a lot of times it isn't, I need prettier pictures. I need better lighting. I mean, sometimes, yes, that yeah. does have to happen. But a lot of times it's, I need to add more value. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I didn't understand when I was trying to build my photography aspect was the customer service side of it, like providing an, a special experience for my clients that was different than what everybody else was providing. You know, and a shoot and burn, I mean, I can't tell you how many shoot and burn photographers I've used, you know, before coming to work for ATJ Photo, where it was like the exact same experience to a T, just different person, slightly different price, you know, mm-hmm. but show up at the park, like you call them ahead of time. You have no one to help you pick out clothes. You have no one who's sending you reminders of your shoot. You have no one that's like your experienced guide to take you through the process. Like you're all on your own. You show up, they take the pictures, you go home, they give you your files and you're all on your own again. Yeah. You know, they and it's like, like 500 or a hundred to 500 images into a gallery right. and then you have to go through them all. Yeah. Right. And you have to do that on your own and mm-hmm. it's actually not a service. Right. Well, but you would say if you were talking to maybe those, that group of photographers that you had hired, I dare bet you would hear something like nobody wants finished product anymore. Right. You know, I I had one guy tell me who runs that type of a business model. He's like, Allison, everybody knows Photoshop now. Like everybody has Photoshop on their computer. They want to do their own thing to the images and they can order on Shutterfly. Like they don't need us for that. So they don't want it. Yes. It's funny though, because when I came starting to work for you, having been a shoot and burn, you know, even studio, like I still Mm -hmm. was shoot and burn, you know? And so I had that mentality where it was like, wait, you're not going to give me digitals, but I want to do what I want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm very much a DIYer. I want full control. I want access. I want to make the mouse pad or the, you know, whatever it was that people thought were so fun and cool with the images. And it's like, the more that I've been in it, the more that I understand that the majority of our clients are not photographers. Right. You know, they don't actually have Photoshop. Right. You know, they, they might be able to have some apps and different in Canva and different things to be able to do some design, but that's not their strong point, right. but it's our strong point. Right. You know, so that makes us the expert. And it's like, why are we not being that expert for our client? Like that guide, that resource, that service provider, Yeah. you know, not just a hired camera, but genuinely there to help meet the needs of our clients instead of assuming all of our clients are like us. Right. And so that's exactly it is that, you know, when you hear them say, well, my clients would never do that, or they have to have that. It's like, well, yes, the clients that you're working with right now, who are DIYers that just want you as a camera for hire, that want to hire you to just create imagery that they're just going to post or whatever that they're, maybe they'll do something with it. Maybe they won't, but you're right. They don't want it, but that doesn't mean that no one wants that because there is a clientele that does want art for their home. They do want finished product and they don't want to DIY. They don't want to do anything. They want to show up and have it completely handled beginning to end. And, and to, in order to do that, in order to provide that kind of service, you have to have a process that you can take people through and that it's consistent every time, consistently a great, amazing experience, a consistently great, amazing work. And that it's beginning to end every time. And I think that that's what transitions photography from being like a hobby or a side hustle to a business. Right. Like I I think a lot of people have a hard time considering themselves in the business of photography because their only overhead is a camera and a few lenses and a computer. You know, they're not studio. They don't have the lights and the, you know, all the stuff. But it's like, if you're spending that time, if you're creating that experience, if you're being that expert, like there is value to all of that. Exactly. And what I'm seeing, noticing with our group, with the photographers that we're working with in the course and some of them in the group is that 
and not just that, but also in speaking for many years, I've encountered a lot of photographers who their work is drop dead gorgeous, could be in a gallery, like beautiful. And those images are living on their clients' hard drives or in their phones. They are not on the walls. They are not being used to the highest and best use that that art could be put to. And consequently, these photographers are not making a living. And you worry that that talent might go away. You know, maybe they're one year away from burnout or maybe they'll never really be able to do, fulfill their own dream of being able to support their family doing what it is that they really love. Right. And being able to, to take all the things that they've learned, you know, and, and figure out the best way to apply it all together so that they can build a business where it's successful and sustainable and they can enjoy it because I think so much of that burnout just comes from feelings of rejection and failure and, you know, like you can't hack it. And it's like, no, it's not that it's that, you know, it's hard to find that system, you know, that the business structure, like you said, where does someone even start? Because if you have people there, you know, starting out, for the first time, like photographers, new photographers, even older photographers, I feel like there's a huge focus on getting more clients. Mm-hmm. And where do you think, but from your experience, you're saying that really the focus needs to first and foremost be building the business. Right. You know, and you could call that the field of dreams mentality. You know, if you build it, they will come, which may or may not happen. But I do feel like that some of the biggest mistakes that we make is in thinking, I just, I just need to get more people. I just need to get more people. But if we don't know really what it is that we're doing and how it is that we want to do it, that message is never going to be clear. And that message has to be so clear to us first before we can, because once we know what it is that we're doing. So for example, our business, I want to create art that happens to be your family. So I want to create like gorgeous, beautiful image that we're going to then hang on your wall, or it's going to be in a custom designed album. So that right there, I'm very clear about what, and that's the, that's the highest and best use of my talent and my ability. So we're going to have an amazing time and my time. Yeah. We're going to have an amazing, I'm going to handle everything from beginning to end. We're going to figure out what you're going to wear. We're going to figure out where it's going to, the picture's going to hang, and then we're going to shoot it. You're going to have a great time. And then we'll bring it and hang it on your wall. So that message is very clear in my mind. I know that because I know what I do, I also know what I don't do, that I am not selling printable digital files. I'm not selling disposable imagery. This is going to be, there's a purpose from beginning to end of why we are doing what we're doing. And then also there's a long-term plan over a period of years. It's not just this year and get you in and get you to spend X number of dollars and then hope I just wring every dollar out of your checkbook. It's no, we want to have a great time this time, but I, I want to see your kids grow up and I want to see what this looks like over a, a longer period of time. So we have a plan. So and once, I think, sorry, the okay. traditional plan, I think for that, as far as how I used to use photography and how I viewed photography, like during my time as a photographer was update, yeah. you update the picture, you know, that every year you take a new family picture and you replace the mm-hmm. same family picture in the frame, you're updating so you're not actually creating this collection right. of your family through the years, you yeah. know? Yeah, anyway, so for sure. So once that's clear to you and, and you're, whoever's listening to this might have a different idea of what their business is. It might be even more narrow than that. For me, it's finished product, which is fine art on the walls or albums of families and kids in studio, narrow. Somebody else might even be more narrow than that. We have one student that's like wants to do fine art photography of the single child in black and white. Like that's even more narrow. But once you know what that is, then you you know who you are and you also know who you aren't. So that gives you a filter to kind of put everything else through in your business. And then it makes it easy to know who is my client, who wants this. And then being very clear about then and only then are you getting to the marketing about saying about what it is that you do, then communicating that information. Well, and one of the powerful things that I've heard you talk about that really rang true for me, because as a photographer, it was like, I don't care who my client is. It's whoever will pay whatever they want. Like what, you know, as, as long as they pay me, I don't care who they are, where they come from. 
but you actually have to have an understanding of who your ideal client is. So I've heard you talk about client archetypes, Mm -hmm. you know, where you really sit down and you say, okay, my client is a 35 year old stay at home mom, whatever, you know, and you really define what that client, that ideal client looks like because that informs everything else. Like, so then when you market, you're targeting that ideal client. Yeah. You're like, speaking I didn't, to her. Yeah. I was like shotgun approach with all of my marketing. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, throwing flyers to the wind just to, sure. to see if one would stick instead of actually targeting and very intentionally approaching those marketing efforts or my, well, something I didn't do, but that we do in the studio is even how we approach the client experience that whole client experience is geared towards our ideal clients right? and what it is that we feel like they would enjoy. What they need. Yeah. It's a, what a problem are we solving for them? And so what we're looking at just briefly with our, our ideal client is busy women who love portraits, who love their home. They spend money on their home. They love their family. They have more uh, disposable income than they have time. So and they are used to investing in services to help facilitate their life, whether that's a cleaning lady, an interior designer, whatever. You know, they have, they realize that time is money and they don't want to be doing it. They want somebody that's going to come in and help them figure out what they're going to wear, where it's going to, where this image is going to hang in their home. And, and they're not just worried about the cards. No, no, like they just, not they don't idea. just want, they don't just aren't worried about the holiday cards and just posting them on Instagram. Although they want to be able to do that as well. Right. Right. But that isn't their only focus. That's not their top concern. Their top concern when they really look at it is that over a period of time, they have beautiful imagery of their family in their home that they can enjoy. And I think a lot of photographers run up against families or clients where their priority and the only thing that they really even intend to do with those pictures is holiday cards. So then you start to believe that this is the normal, like that's all anybody cares about is being able to post to Instagram and have good holiday cards. And it's like, no, you know, but until you've worked in a business like ATJ photo, where you get to see a different type of clientele, it's easy to believe that misinformation, Yeah, that that's all that there is out there yeah. is people who want holiday cards and Instagram pics. And yeah. it's like, no, that's actually not true. Yeah. And I, I use the comparison all the time of like, you know, comparing like old Navy to Prada, but it's the same thing. If you went and you hang around and you advert, if you advertise like old Navy, but you wanted to create fashion like Prada, but and you all, wanted to attract customers. Yeah. Who like and you were Prada. attracting the old Navy crowd. You, they would never pay it. And you would be right. You'd be like, no, these clients don't ever want to pay $600 for a pair of they jeans. They don't value it. They don't value it. They don't value jeans. They don't care about jeans. They just want two for one. Well, no, it's a different clientele. And, and one's not better than the other. And it doesn't necessarily mean that one that is only the rich people, you know, Sometimes you have people that will just save up because they really want, they love Prada. They love everything that it stands for. And they're going to buy that purse. They might get a purse every five years instead of every season. Or they might get a wallet right? <laughs> instead of like a huge handbag, yeah. you know, but they love the brand. They love the value. They appreciate quality. And so they're attracted to that. And yeah. that's the kind of clients you want is the ones who see and appreciate that value. Yes. And I also see with so many of these photographers that they are doing the work. So this is not a lazy thing. This is not like, oh, well, they're just lazy. And I've heard in conversations with photographers, I've heard people say, well, they're just lazy. They don't want to deal with 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 that. And I'm like, how can you say that someone's lazy when they are creating heartbreaking, beautiful imagery of these kids that is so beautifully edited and staying up till 2 a.m. to like, yeah. yeah. And to get those expressions like, no, nobody is being lazy here. What they are, sadly, is they're just misinformed. They don't believe or haven't been shown a way that you can create a really great business where you provide something amazing for your clients and also for your family and yourself by having a business that can support your family and your life. And I think it's interesting to think about how society reacts or views photographers um, because we have had like MindShift members who have commented on the fact that they feel like if they tell people I'm a photographer, that people are automatically dismissive. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you mean as a hobby? You know, like they, they don't actually think that people can make money as a photographer. And so 
and they'll say, oh, I own a photography studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, you know, that yeah. they'll like, try to reword it. How do I introduce it. myself? Yeah, yeah, so that people take me serious. Yeah. And I think that that is just heartbreaking that we've created a culture where people just are dismissive of the art of photography. Yeah. Like as a business, that this is a sustainable source of income. Yeah. And we really don't, I, I can say what we can blame that on is the idea of competition. So when we are just, when everybody, human beings are pack animals and we, we like to be comfortable and we like to do what is normal and what everybody else is doing. That's just like human nature for the most part. And so when somebody starts doing something one way and somebody says, oh, they're getting a lot of attention on social media or whatever, then everybody starts doing that thing, you know, for the most part. And so that's really where it came about is that as digital lowered the barrier for entry, as far as like the technical difficulty Mm -hmm. and not having to have a degree or yeah, have, yeah. All of, or have, you know, retouchers like where they're going in and retouching negatives and all of that, you know, with, without having to have, it, it just lowered the barrier for entry. The cameras were less expensive and so many more photographers were able to come into the industry. People were doing it more as a side hustle, weekend warrior kind of thing. And so not a lot of those people necessarily had to support their family on it. So they could, they could do it I mean, you would probably put yourself in that category. You know, oh, your absolutely. husband has a, had a job. You didn't, your kids weren't going to starve if you didn't sell a portrait session. We so, needed the second income, but it yeah. wasn't, you know, it didn't have to be. It wasn't do or die. Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was flexible. Yeah. Yeah. So then it became that, now I wouldn't want to say a joke, but kind of like the whole mom with the camera thing or, you know, the, but it's true. I mean, when people will ask me what I do for a living, I kind of take a pause and think, okay, I don't want to say I'm a photographer because like everybody's a photographer, just like everybody's an interior designer, graphic designer, whatever. So I will say I own a portrait studio in downtown Mesa. And then suddenly they take you more serious. Yeah. And I'm like, which is so unfair to like all the photographers in the world, right. you know? But I mean, and the thing is, is I do have a retail studio, but that doesn't, but I, I could have said that same thing when I had my studio in my home. But it is just kind of, you know, taking yourself a little bit more seriously, not too, That's true. definitely not too seriously because we never would want, we'd want to do that. So almost in your mind, as well as in your business, setting yourself apart from the weekend warriors and, yeah. you know, some of those people that aren't really in the business of photography. Even if you are still a weekend warrior, even if right now it is a side hustle, it is not your full-time thing, or you're trying to make it your full-time thing. Mm-hmm. When I switched over from, I had sold my scrapbooking store and I was coming into this business, it was, okay, what is the process by which a portrait studio is run? How do you make a living doing portraits? I needed to look at that. And then I needed to look at, was that going to work to replace the income that I was, that I was replacing? You didn't have that transition period. It had to. So I had enough money to get me through six months. And then Mm. there had to be a commensurate or more income than I was making before. So that's what I did is I just looked at, okay, I need to make X number of dollars per year. And so how does this business work about how, how much many do you make per time? That? How many sessions yeah. is that going to take? It was really back in Which the napkin is, math. And, and I think that that's the opposite. Like most photographers coming into the industry are just, I'll take whatever I can get. Right. That they're not thinking backwards and are thinking business focused where, okay, I have to make this much money. What's that math look like? Like what, how many sessions is that going to be? How many, you know, how much per session? Yeah. What is the, you know, how do I increase that per session if I, or increase sessions, you know? Yeah. Because there are many ways to do that. Okay. So, you know, just kind of looking back at our discussion. So why do you think it is that so many photographers find business, the business of photography, so intimidating? I think it's because when we don't know things and we're unsure, we kind of will build it up to be bigger and scarier than it really is. And math would definitely fall into that category. Mm -hmm. Saying business always sounds kind of like math to me. Whereas like photography itself, learning photography in the beginning was very scary. It was, it seemed like insurmountable. Like there were a lot of numbers and how am I going to learn this? But I was really motivated to learn photography because I really wanted to be a photographer and I loved the art of photography and I wanted to be able to create beautiful images. So that was very motivating to learn, even when it was hard, even when our critical eye is always way ahead of our actual ability. 
And so even when I failed again and again, I was still like, okay, but now I learned something new. So now I'm going to try this lighting a little different, or I'm going to do it a different way. And so it was always motivating because I would always learn something every time I tried something. And really the business part of this business is just as much an art as the creation portion of the program. And if we look at it the same way, like you learn the arts by doing and constantly iterating. It's the same with business. Business has some very hard and fast rules. Like if you want a profitable business, like I said before, you need to take in more than goes out. You know, that's just basic. But how you do that, how you take in more than goes out. So pricing, marketing, client experience, the actual product itself, your style, how you're branding that work. Those are all so fun (laughs) and they're hard, you know? And so- And intimidating. Intimidating. And you can make some huge errors and it costs you money, but then you learn from that and you don't usually make the same errors. You know, you make different mistakes, but if you do it right, I feel like a business that you've put together and created this process that is exactly what, how it is that you want to do it, how the art that you want to create, how you want to create it for your clients. And you're taking them through this amazing process. It is just as much an art as the actual art. And it can be just as fun and just just as motivating. Yes. You know, and that's something meaningful, just as meaningful. I always kind of chuckle as, because you get so excited about your reports, you know, (laughs) you get a look at, well, this is interesting. Like, I didn't realize that like our business totally goes down here or that yeah. this, you know, marketing campaign didn't do nearly as well as I thought it did. Like, yeah. you love digging into the reports and seeing, oh, I didn't know that was happening or I, I've got a really good idea for how we can make this better next year. Yeah. You know, but unless you're looking at those numbers and actually paying attention to the trends in your business, I think it's really easy to just keep doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, doing what you're always doing and instead of seeing where you can make improvements. For sure. And I learned that in the scrapbooking business because we would run reports, you know, it was a retail store. So we run reports based on departments. So adhesives, acid-free paper, stickers, you know, cute little printed paper, that sort of thing. And it blew my mind. One time we'd run some reports and we realized that this one little rack at the very front of the store that held the adhesive. So everything that you use to attach your pictures to the paper, whether that was like glue or sticky tape or whatever, that little, it was two feet by two feet and about four feet high. It paid our rent every (laughs) month. It was 4,000 a month. We were making up that one little tiny kiosk. Interesting. I would never have thought that that was you know, pulling in that kind of money. And so we realized, do, you know, we need to have more different types of adhesive or whatever, but we would just never have known that if we hadn't looked at the numbers. And so the same thing when we're, when you're looking at your, you know, looking back at a year or looking at what your clients are buying or looking at what people are asking for, that sort of thing, just looking at the data, anything that you can track, it's always good to look at. And I am not a math person. I'm an English major. And I, in fourth grade, Mrs. Pace, my fourth grade teacher, God rest her soul, she told me, you know, you're really great in English, but you really aren't good in math. So you should probably just concentrate on English. So I, from then on, I was just like, well, I'm not good at math. So I'm not good at math. And that's the story I tell myself. But really what I realized is that I love numbers that tell stories. Right. And that's managerial accounting. So when you look at your numbers and you can see, oh, okay. So just exactly what you said, this client may not have spent a lot of money with us. Like, her actual session, but she's referred a ton of people to us. So we need to really be looking at that. Like, are we taking good enough care of the people that value what we do? So there's a million ways to look at your business from all different angles and no, just knowing the right metrics to look at the things that are going to make the biggest difference because not all metrics are created equal. You don't need to look at everything. You just really need to look at a few things and then that can really move the needle forward for you and not have you be stuck. That's true. Like the small adjustments can make a huge difference. And so thinking about this whole discussion and the questions you've answered so far and your insights, if you had someone that you feel like was a photographer who just felt like they were failing, 
you know, and thinking about walking away from photography, going into a career change, whatever, Mm -hmm. like what is maybe some advice you would give a struggling photographer? Well, I would say, first of all, maybe you don't really want to do it. Which I think is the advice that Jessica of old really needed to hear. Yeah. Like maybe you really don't want to be, maybe you don't want to be a business owner and there's no shame in that. Not everybody does. Maybe you want to be part of a bigger... I mean, I'm grateful that Jessica didn't want to do it. (laughs) She likes that I'm a failed photographer. (laughs) No, because I don't see you as a failed photographer. I see the skill set that you bring to our studio is like amazing. You know, we would not have the team that we have without you, without Stacy. And so I think maybe you want to team up with a bigger concern or you want to be part of something bigger and be able to leave it and walk away. And when you go home, not have to think about too much. I mean, unless... Well, and you start to realize, like, at least for me, you know, Jessica Vold, I really enjoyed the marketing aspect, Mm -hmm. but not so much the business aspect, you know? So it was good for me to transition into areas where I could put the marketing to use. Right. And you could walk away from it too. Right. Like you don't have to have it on your head at three in the morning. Like, okay, are we going to make this month's rent? Right. You're like, well, that's Allison's problem. I'm getting my paycheck, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and I'm not saying that you don't have a, a an owner's mindset because you you definitely do, but you... I'm not losing sleep. Right. Yeah, you don't have absolutely. to worry about it. Right, exactly. I'm not in the fetal yeah. thinking like I'm such a failure, you exactly. know? Exactly. I love that. I do love working as a team. I And I and I love you working. I love you being on the, the team. It, you're essential. So... So that is number one. And that's something maybe we don't hear too much about. Like maybe that's some hard, you know, maybe this podcast, this rambling podcast <laughs> episode has, if this is giving you permission to go, you know what, actually I'm done. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go do something in a different way. Okay. So that's one. Two, if there's inside of your soul, no, absolutely. This has to happen no matter what. And I can tell you, that's a lot of I've had a lot of those moments over the years. I had it with my scrapbooking store and with this business, 2008, 2014. There's been a lot of crazy things happen, but always in my mind with every business that I've had, it's no matter what, take off the table, illegal, immoral. Right, right, right. I mean, fattening is always on the table, but nothing illegal, nothing immoral. But no matter what it takes, I will make this a success. So I'm always looking for the ways of how can I, not why that won't work. And so, and then even when I look at when somebody's doing something that se- that seems another photographer is doing something that seems like, like maybe this is the latest thing, and maybe it's something different than I'm doing, then I'm always running that through my own brand filter. So I would say the comment that I get from clients, potential clients, other photographers that I hear again and again is you're so clear on what it is that you do. And I would love to say that I just sprung into this business from day one, knowing all of that. I didn't. I tried all the things. I tried the shoot and burn. I tried doing all the different styles. I tried doing, you know, I tried all the things. And then I just realized I can only ever be who I am. And I really do. I'm convinced of the value of what it is that portrait photographers do. I'm convinced of the value of what I provide and I'm going to kill myself for my clients And because I'm going to kill myself. And because I don't know how to throttle myself, I don't know how to pull it back to 75% that I, I only know how to do 150. So I have to charge appropriately. I have to do less clients because of what it takes. I have to spend more time per client, per client. So that means less clients. So that means the way I market, the way that I've structured my business Every atom, every molecule of the business, it's all baked in. And so it's branded intentionally. The message is intentional. All of it is incredibly intentional. But it's been a 16-year process and it's constantly iterating. Having to re-clarify. Exactly. But it always is, the message always has to be clear to me first in my own head before it can be clear to my employees, before it can be clear to my clients. So really your advice would be to sit down like piece of paper and pen, mm-hmm. you know, and sit down and clarify your branding, yep. clarify who you want to shoot, mm-hmm. how you want to shoot them, where you want to shoot, who your ideal client is, like all of those factors and how much money you need to make. Yep. And that's every year I'm revisiting 
or every even whenever anything comes up and there's a decision to be made in the business, I have to run it through all of that. And then and then you have to do almost like a well check on everything else to say, okay, does my Instagram match my branding? You know, yeah. what what I just clarified. Should I post yes. more than once a month? Right. Like some things yes, that I'm probably, a total yes. failure yes. at. So I mean, really, bottom line is just if you think you're clear, you're probably not as clear as you need to be. How can you get more and more clear? And that goes with the messaging to clients, especially, you know, that you think you're explaining it correctly. You think that it's clear to them, but it's not. And really when I find that I'm not being clear enough with the client, I realize it's because I haven't clarified it enough to myself. Absolutely. And really that's so much about the art, you know, the course that we are getting ready to launch in the next couple of weeks, the art of selling art is all about that process. And so, well, there's a piece of, like that's what that's the groundwork for everything that comes after is that clarification. Yeah. Like getting clear on the foundation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, on getting clear on what it is that you want your business to look like and not just like everybody else. Like that's not an answer and whatever clients want to pay me is also not an answer, <laughs> you know, like right. really getting clear. So, really as I came out of scrapbooking, come into the portrait world, you realize that yes, they're two very different businesses, but there are just certain basic principles that a really well oiled machine business and a, and a more of a higher end luxury business. There's certain principles that the, that's founded on and they are the same and you just have to revisit them again and again and again. And that really is what the art of selling art is all about. That's what the course is all about. That's what the foundation, the whole process is all about just those principles and how you build that foundation of the business. So yes, you can be the most amazing lighter, the amazing shooter, amazing marketer. But if you don't have the foundation of the business processes, experience, all of that, then super clear. Yeah. It needs to be clear to you and that needs to be clear to your client. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's good advice. You can find more great resources from Allison at do the and on Instagram at do dot the dot rework.